Sarayim Tov, we continue with the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon, dealing with the Tfilos of the day. We now are going to the Parshas HaAkeda, the description of the Chumash of the Binding of Isaac. I know not everybody says this. It's not uh, as obligatory as other parts are. So I don't know if that's going to change our mind of saying it or not. It depends. For some people, the davening is long enough, and reading another couple pages is harder. Uh, the only uh, saving grace I can say is that Kada, we're pretty familiar with it, so we can understand what we're saying. Uh, you know, you know the whole story just to fit it into the Hebrew words. So we're going to discuss the nature of it, why we say it, why it's beneficial, etc. So this goes right after the Berchus HaShachar, for the next prayer of La'olam Yehayatam. And this really is an introduction to all we wish to achieve during the prayer itself. And therefore, the first thing we want to relate to Hashem is the message of the Akedis Yitzhak and how we wish to implement that in our lives through the prayer service. So the Jerusalem Talmud tells us that in the morning of Yom Kippur, they would ask the question to know if the sun had risen sufficiently. So they said, did the sun rise in the east until Hebron. In other words, could you see that the light of the sun is to where we turn from Yushalayim and look to Hebron, we can see the light of day is over Hebron. Gemara asks, why do we have to say until Hebron? You can't see from Yushalayim till Hebron anyway. It's too far. So Gemara says, we want to remember those who are buried in Hebron. We want the zechus of the Yavos. We want the merit of the patriarchs. And by mentioning the word Hebron in the base of Nigdash, we merit a good year in the merit of the patriarchs. So therefore, similarly, at the moment that we enter into the world of prayer, which is an aspect of the base of Nigdash, but in a different dimension, so we don't mention just the word Hebron, but we read the whole parts of the Akedah, and we mention the merit of the patriarchs, and we tell over the whole story in great detail. Okay, so Rapinkus mentioned that when, since he's been a child, it was a question that was bothering him. What? Why do we keep going over and over? We keep mentioning the Akedah. Right? Why, why do it so much? I don't mention it once, whatever. So many times to mention it. Day after day, year after year. And we're asking for schar. It's just, you know, wanting schar. It's like we're constantly nudging for schar. So then he caught on to the idea that even if thousands of years would pass, he'd never tire from those words. Because the main words are, as it says, Vakedis Yitzchak Lazaro, and the 
binding of Isaac for his generations, Hayom Barachim in Tiskor, that today in mercy you shall remember. And of course, we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah from a ram, a hundred blows, and that's all Akedis Yitzhak. But as he said, you know, that, you know, in other words, but he realized it was just the questions of a shot of a child, right? But there's what to reflect on. So what's the real, real answer? So he explains like this. Everything has its measurement. Okay, what does that mean? Let's try to measure the following. There were three patriarchs, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They established after them an entire nation, a nation that was filled with righteous people. And that was all from the good meadows that the patriarchs planted inside our national psyche. So we can even think about the more recent generations of the Vilna Gong, Ravlevi Yitzchel What kind of service did they do? They, their service was beyond what we could even comprehend. They say that when the Nitziv one time uh, was learning and he fell, he fainted, so to speak, while he was learning, and his brother said, don't wake him up. It's a matter of life and death. In other words, his his level of Torah scholarship was beyond what anyone could appreciate it. And these people were just in the recent generations. We haven't talked about earlier than that. What about the Amoroyim, the Tanoim, the people earlier than that? Imagine how many millions of pages of Talmud was learned, how much self-sacrifice has been given. Uh, and even in our last generations, in the Holocaust, how many people said Aleinu Lishabach as they were sent into the gas chambers? How many people had their children slaughtered but they would not um, give up their religion? And this was all in our later generations. What about Abai and Rav, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Tarfan, the Nevi'im, Yoshua, and Moshe, and all these people? <coughs> Just get an idea of what kind of people we are. And that's what the Pusik says in Firm Hashem says. Why did I choose you? I didn't choose you, the Jewish people from all the nations, because there's so many people. I chose you because you found favor in, in my eyes. You are really the smallest of the people. And even with the merits, it's not enough. But there's two reasons Hashem chose us. Number one, because Hashem loves us a tremendous love, and he guards the oath that he made to the patriarchs, because that's what he promised Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And in their merit, that is why we stay around. Hashem chooses us for this. Hashem loves us and the merit of the patriarchs. Now it's interesting, by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Mechilta says that Moshe was equivalent to all the Jewish people. But by Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, it's not applicable to say this. Only by Moshe Rabbeinu, who was a part of the Jewish people, and he raised himself up to be the father of the prophets, the redeemer of the Jewish people, the one who gave the Torah. So we can say he's equal to everybody. But when we talk about the patriarchs, 
They are the root for the whole Jewish people. The, the, the people is what comes out of these people. So you never can measure the child in comparison to the father because all the power of the son comes from the father. So that's a whole understanding that obviously they're the source of all of Claudius Rome. So that's an amazing thing to remember. Without them, we'd have no Claudius Rome. And that's a tremendous source of merit for us. But it goes further. The Beis Hamikdash, which is the holiest place where the Hashra Sashkina is, says the Rambam, the Beis Hamikdash, was a little bit like the house of Avram Avinu. The real base Amikdash was the house of Avram and Sar. You understand what's going on over here? It's not that Avram's house was like the base base. The base Amikdash is like Avram's house. When the Pasuk, the Gemara Megillah discusses the Pasuk, when it says, Vayikralo Kelo Kesrol, he called him the God, the God of Israel. That's what Hashem called Yaakov. Hashem called Yaakov Kale, a mighty, <laughs> mighty God. As we say in Davening, Eloke Avram, Eloke Yisrael, Eloke Yaakov, this divine chariot of Hashem, that's what the patriarchs are. Um, the Gomorrah Shabbos says, what does the Pesach mean? Like an apple in the trees of the, of the forest. Why are the Jews compared to an apple? Just like an apple, the fruit comes before the leaves, so the Jewish people said Nasa before Nishma. And Toysavus asked, wait a minute, the Pasuk Kitapuach Batsayar, like the apple in the fields, in that Pasuk, it's not comparing the Jews to that, it's comparing Hashem to that. Because it says, like a field, uh, the apple in the field, it says, so is my beloved amongst the children. So it's saying Hashem is like the apple, not Klaliusrol. Why is the Gemara saying, why is Klaliusrol compared to an apple? And the Nevi Shechaim gives the following answer. That if Hashem is compared to an apple, it must be that the nature has to be by the Jews, because we have a rule that Hashem is your shadow. So if Hashem is like the apple, so to speak, so we have to be like the apple. Okay. And therefore, Rapinka says, if Hashem, that we say we have no idea of what Hashem is, so therefore... You have to say that when we talk about the actions of the Jewish people, that Hashem is reflecting, we have no idea what that is to. If Hashem is called the Infinite One, and the Jewish people merit to cleave to the Infinite One, we have to say there are certain actions that the Jewish people that is in the category of being an infinite action. So there's no way we can even define their essence. And these are all actions that are go back to the patriarchs. All divinity that's in this world is the God of Avram, the God of Yitzhak, the God of Yaakov. Divinity came into this world because of the patriarchs. When it says about Yaakov, he says, um, when, it, when it's uh, talking about a certain Pasuk, and it says, like, who created the world? Who is, is that, who, who fashioned it? So you say, Yaakov did. <laughs> what do you mean Yaakov did? But in other words, he brought the divinity into the world. 
Okay, so we're really talking about great people. It's not just like another guy. And they brought great merits. They are, we are what we are because of them. But then something much important, more important happened when we talk about this Akedah. After the Akedah, what did Hashem say to Avram? He says, because you did this thing and did not withhold your son, your only son, therefore I will surely bless you and increase your children like the stars in the heaven, and your children will inherit the gates of your enemies. What does that Pusik mean? So uh, it means that the Akedah was able to create a vessel in which we can contain the whole world and all the flow of chesed that comes into the world until now. Because the rule is, whenever you have a flow, you have to have a receptacle to receive the flow. Right? Without it, you're going to lose everything. Let's say your mom is thirsty. You're thirsty in the desert. Your mom is after something to drink. And miraculously, what happened? A uh, water is coming down, a flow of water is coming down from the heavens. But you don't got a cup. So it all goes down. So we talk a lot about the merits of the patriarchs because the action of Avram built the utensil that can contain all the brachas. And over all the thousands of years and all the kindnesses that come, it all stands in the merit of Avram Avinu because of that covenant. And the 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 Akedas Yisra created such a wondrous utensil. And if we ask every day, and every year we blow the shofar, the schus of Yitzchak as well, we need to know that if the Jewish people merited to have such an amazing utensil, they can hold so much bracha, so that means we can ask as much as we want. As much as we, have, we want, we can't even begin to squeeze out we can't even imagine to squeeze out the merit that comes to Jewish people because of this amazing act. Now there's a very intriguing Gemara. Gemara Shabbos says that it's possible that the zechus avos, the merit of the periyaks, can end. And we can't collect on that anymore. And Tosa says so, only the zechus of the avos can end. But the breeze, the covenant of the elbows, that can stay forever. There's two types of merits. There's a schus for the ones who get a reward. And then there's a schus because of the covenant that was made. And the covenant really proves the bond that exists. So when you merit to cut a covenant, that's an infinite thing. A bris is something that lasts forever. You can never break that. Hashem, the Jewish people, the Torah, they're bound up together. Now, Avram and all the patriarchs did amazing things without any limitations. So there's a measure for measure. Hashem considers the actions of Avram not just regarding the great merit. There's a merit that comes from the patriarchs. That's called schus avos. That means Hashem looks at us, even if we're not so deserving, he says, listen, he's Avram's kid, I have to be nice to him. In other words, it's like, let's say you had a good business relationship with a, with a good friend of yours. Very good relationship, good friends. 
And then uh, one day, your friend calls you up. He says, my kid's in trouble. Can you help him out? He says, yeah, you're my good friend. I'll, I'll help you out. So you can help him out once. Then he asks you a second time to help him out. Third time to get the kid out of jail. But eventually what happens? He said, I know you're my friend, but I'm only, you know, you, you've kind of used up all your, uh, your favors. And there could be a time where the Jewish people have used up all the favors of Hashem. That's the schar. Okay, so that is possible. Okay, so uh, that, 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 that's a problem. But on top of that, because of what Avram did, Hashem made a covenant. That's an eternal bond, and that doesn't matter what they've done. It's almost to say, if a father has a child, then no matter what happens, he's not going to let him go. Okay, so in one sentence, we could say like this. The Akedas Yitzchak formed a covenant of a bond between Hashem Yisbarach and the Jewish people. That is an infinite bond with us. That's what the Akedah did. Now, obviously, we'll see why in a minute. So, and there's two things that we're meant to always remember. One is Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and one is the Akedas Yitzchak. And it's the same meaning. They're all dealing with the bond we have with Hashem. It's his Mitzrayim, Hashem made us into his people. That was the culmination of the bond that started with the uh, the Akedah that Hashem made with him. So therefore, it's an infinite bond. There's no limit as to what we can merit. So what does that mean? It means when you come to Davin, the sky's the limit. If you're not worthy, I know I'm not worthy. But guess what? I have a father, Avram. You made a bond with Avram. We're bound together like it doesn't matter. The merit of a forefather. It's not just the merit. There's a bond. Hashem says, your children, I will always look at your children in such a fond way because we have a bond. A bond means you can't back out. It's not that, okay, you did me a lot of favors. I owe you a lot of favors, so I'll do you a lot of favors I owe you. But eventually you run out of IOUs. But this is like a a covenant. Covenant is eternal. There's nothing more to say. So now the question is why from the Akeda did that create this bond so great? So as we will explain later when we get to the Corbonos, that when we talk about bringing korbanos in this, that's to express that all our actions that, you know, is, was that's done with the behemoth, we did it too. Okay, which means even our, an, and that's not even if you're a sin, but even our animalistic body is bound up to Hashem. You, you bring korbanos if you sin, but what about bringing a korban as a gift? can give a korban as a gift to Hashem. So what's the point of the gift? We're saying, you know what? Just like this animal goes through all my animalistic tendencies, I give over to you. I'm willing to give over my life, my, my flesh and blood. Not just, you know, philosophically, 
But you see this animal? They just killed this animal? I just want you to know. I didn't do any sins. I love you so much that if I'd have to die for you, I would die for you. That's when you bring that kind of Corbin. But more than that, but at the end of the day, what is the primary part of the person? The body and the soul. The soul. So, really, what happened is, throughout history, when Jews were willing to die for Hashem, what did they give away? Their bodies. They never gave their souls away, because once you die, you go right to God Aiden. The most sacrifice we could do is to give up our lives. But only one time in history did someone not just give up his body, but he gave his eternality away. The essence of his soul, he gave it all back to Hashem. And let's explain what this means. If you reflect a little bit, it's very interesting. What was the great test? <coughs> Hashem says, go sacrifice your son. Yeah? What was it why didn't Hashem make the test like this? Avram, sacrifice yourself. Kill yourself. Why didn't he do that? Because this is the point. A person knows he's not going to live forever. As, as much as you eat healthy food, you're still, when you get over that 100-year mark, man, you, you know, <coughs> very few make it to 110. And nobody that I heard of makes it to 120. So sooner or later, your body is gone. Okay, that's that's a reality. So therefore, people want to do things to give themselves a, uh, what's the word, a legacy. Something to live on. That even when you're gone from the world, there's still something to live on. Now that really happens with the soul that's in the body because that's the portion of God on high, right? And that soul wants to have some degree of eternity and it does live forever. And, uh, and certainly if you think about this, there is no s stronger power in the body than that of the soul, okay? And um, everyone's focused on that eternity. So let's see what Hashem said to Avram. Hashem said, don't slaughter yourself. That's still not a big enough test. You know why? Because after you die, you still have your son. And your son will continue your legacy. So you still have an eternity. But Avram, who now is 137 years old, doesn't look like he's going to have any more kids, although he does, but it doesn't look like. It says, Shecht your son, Shecht your continuity. The entire structure that, that you want to have, slaughter it all. Okay, that's not just your body, that's your essence. And when Avram agreed with a complete heart to slaughter his son, with all the depths of what that means, and it wasn't a rush job. Hashem gave him three days to think it over. And that's why Hashem didn't draw it out so long. One second. One second. And, and he still stood to the test. So what did he do? He now bound up with himself an eternal structure. 
and everything is based on the will of Hashem. And if Hashem wants something, Avram will nullify everything for Hashem. And that's how he bound up with Hashem and created that tool to be able to receive the bracha. And therefore, every morning we recount this story of Avram, and the focal point is the Akedah, the last test, he didn't have to be tested anymore because Hashem says, now I know you're a God-fearing person because you did not withhold your son from me. And now we've created that tremendous bond. And that bond will never stop. Yeah? Sir, I, I understood that he immediately left. Abraham left immediately. And he, he, it took him three days to reach from Beersheba to Jerusalem. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It took three days. No, we, he had three days. He immediately left, but even going quickly it was still a three-day journey. He didn't slow it down, but they're going, you know, not going with a car. So it takes three days. Hashem purposely told. He could have told him to do it anywhere. So I want to really think about it. Not a rash decision to realize what's involved. He's losing. Rebbe Chanan Wasserman said the same thing. When Hashem said to uh, Avram at the covenant, when he said to Avram, uh, you know, before, he said, you know, your reward is great. And Avram says, what does it matter if I don't have a son? You know, Avram knew if I don't have a son, then what's it worth? Hashem's going to give a son. <laughs> and out of all the things that he, that's what he needed most. That's the one thing Hashem says you have to give away. So now, this is, quote-unquote, the Shalom Aleichem we give to Hashem every morning. When we come to ask for an infinite flow of spirituality and physicality, we begin to say to Hashem, I'm going to ask for a lot, but I have a utensil that will hold all the blessings. I don't have a utensil. There's no way for the flow to go in there. So Hashem's not going to give. Let's really see. When you go to a person and ask him for a donation, for a charity or whatever, ask him for help, and the guy says, okay, I'll give you I'll give you the money. Do you have a wallet for it? Nope. Well, you're gonna lose the money, maybe. <laughs> I'm not giving it to you. Or, you know, you get the person money, he says, do you have, do you have a plan how to use the money? I have no plan. So then why should I give it to you? Hashem's not gonna give you something if he knows you're gonna lose it right away. So we start our davening after we've found out who we are, after we finish the brachas ashachar, and we really appreciate Hashem's giving to us in a very tangible way. You really feel, wow, Hashem is doing amazing things for me. And now I'm, I'm going to very soon be asking for things. And Hashem's going to say, I understand you're asking things, but how, how do I know you're not going to waste it? So you come with your you come with your uh, tzedakah box. You say here, here it is. This is the akeda. The akeda is the tool that when you give it to me, it's going to go right into that tool. Now let's understand what does that mean. It means you understand that I'm a descendant of Avram, and Avram was willing to give up everything for you, Hashem. So you know what? And I come from Avram. And whatever you're going to give me, I'm going to give it all away in the use of serving you. 
Now that should, if you're thinking that way, now you got an amazing tool. Hashem said, why should I give you health? Why should I give you these things? What are you going to do with it? You should be selfish with it. He says, no, I'll even give up my eternity over this. You give me a lot of money, I'm going to give it to Tzedakah. Not all of it, I have to have some of it. You give me health, I'm going to give that health over to you. If Hashem says, I'm going to give it to you, you're going to lose it, then why should I waste giving it to you? So, of course, we're not going to say, if somebody does not read the Parshas of the Akedah, we're not going to say it's not fulfilled his requirement to Davani. Because Lamaisa, Kriyashma, is way more important. The Amida is way more important. But there's a certain virtue you have in saying over this Parsha, where you open up the special relationship that Hashem has for us, and that really shakes all the worlds. And therefore, you'll merit to have that Shefa. Even if you don't have any schus, the schus may have ran out, but the bris is still there. So it's like it's like you're meeting with Hashem. So let's say you're trying to have a business meeting with this guy. And he's an older guy. And he starts to him and says, you know, did you know my father? Who's your father? So, oh, I know your father. Very fine man. He did a lot of things for me. Oh, I'm his son. Yeah, I remember your father. He was willing. He was willing to to give up everything for me. He was willing to give his whole future away for me. You're his son. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you're such a good guy, but if you're his son, and if you are anything like your father, then I'll give you whatever you need. And that's what we're doing when we come to Hashem with the Akedah. You're just saying the Akedah isn't going to accomplish anything. You say the Akedah and you realize what I was prepared to give up. And that becomes part of our makeup. And we remind ourselves, if I'm a son of Avram, I'm capable. And we all have tests. And you can be davening to Hashem and say, Hashem, part of what I'm going to daven is give me the strength to pass my tests. Because that's really what it's about. If I don't pass my tests, so give me the strength to pass my tests. And therefore, I will deserve all the gifts that you're going to give me. Saying that really puts us on the right step forward. Okay, tomorrow, Mir Tzashem, we'll do the prayer of La Olam Yehadam.